0: Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade, here in the podcast studio, joined by my good friend and colleague, the Reverend Professor Jason Oakland. And we are recording today um, about hymnody, or hymns in general, the place and role of hymns. Uh, We have gotten three episodes that have, or we've dropped three episodes recently, in order to um, hopefully uh, give people a chance to kind of get back into things as we're getting closer to the school year going. And you might think uh, getting closer to the school year means that we would uh, record less, but um, actually uh, that's when we're probably more likely to be here together to be able to do those uh, those things. And so we are... Um, Hoping that gives you a chance to, to get you listening back in that habit. And we have been planning out some themes. We are hoping to get some guests. We're working on on that right now. Uh, and, uh, and so Jason and I today will be discussing hymns or hymnody. Michael is not here, uh, so it will just be the two of us. We did have four people in studio yesterday and I did release that episode right after we recorded it I really enjoyed it Jason I think you had fun with it yep
1: that was good that, and had... I think that was the most people in studio that uh, I've had your uh, time? yeah the opportunity to record with so
0: yeah so we're hoping now um hopefully covid kind of put a a damper for quite a while on guests and then we just we've needed to get back in the swing of that which we should be able to do and so we have some stuff planned out that hopefully will be. Uh, Interesting, and we'll be able to stay regular with um, as we go forward. Uh, As far as what we're going to be discussing regarding hymns or hymnody, Jason has done a fair amount of work with this over the years. Um, It's an area of interest for him, and I think we'll be looking at, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, what's the place of hymns, what makes a hymn, so to speak, a good hymn, at least in certain categories. Sure. Sure. Uh, how did Luther use hymns or the Reformation? What was the, the goal with them? And uh, I will be approaching this as one of the world's least musical people. <laughs> um, it is not my gift to read music, although I, I do try, and I think I've gotten better over the years. Um, but I will be approaching it uh, in that way. And Jason, more musically gifted, uh, likes to sing, choir guy. And, uh, and so hopefully... Um. Will balance each other out well because often I'm sitting in the pews judging him, based on a doesn't make me want to sway, <laughs> in which case I'm very leery. Yep. Um. The uh. You know the melody uh, in general. Um, I like looking at the words. I'm big on the words. If I like mountains get mentioned or valleys right away, I get nervous. <laughs> um. And then sometimes just how long it takes. Right there. Sometimes the ones you could sing forever, you sing three verses, and then sometimes if you could do one verse, you have 12. Uh, So we'll definitely be leaning on Jason today as we go through this, but I think hymns are someone that anyone listening here who is a regular church attender um, has experience with. Um, They have been part of your uh, worship life, but maybe we'll also talk a little bit about how good hymns can and maybe even should be part of your devotional life as well. That in these hymns, God puts um, a a rich and diverse and colorful language of faith into our mouths, um, so that they can be a um, an object of meditation, but also an impetus or a guide for prayer. Does that sound fair, Jason? Yeah, I
1: think that sounds fair. There's a lot of a lot of good thoughts there in those songs and. And, uh, yeah, they can serve a lot of purposes that way. So, so yeah, that's definitely a, a, a practice that you want to keep in mind. And we, uh, we had a free-for-all
0: yesterday, so on the episode that came out um, last night, which would have been, I believe, August 2nd. And so we probably won't do the free-for-all today, but if you're itching for a free-for-all and some baseball trade, de- trade deadline talk, um, go listen to the Why Ministry episode Uh, We are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. You can go to 1517.org and find out all sorts of good stuff about that network. Um, We would encourage you to check it out. Um, They have podcasts. They have devotionals uh, or devotional blog posts that come out daily. They have a publishing house. They have free academy courses. Um, There's new stuff all the time, 1517.org. And With that being said, without further ado, then, Jason, would you mind giving us our disclaimer?
1: This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out look around and realize you were just listening to a podcast that's right a podcast so go live free friends and don't let us get in the way
0: Topic, which is hymnody and uh, as I noted I'm going to be really leaning on Jason today for this um, but maybe if I could give a little bit of background I thought it might be helpful of my own experience with hymnody because it's probably been a little bit different um, and then Jason can use that as a springboard to hit on um especially I know like in the parish Jason you've talked before about in your worship planning how you enjoyed picking out hymns and how that right played. yep
1: and that I would say that's one of the things that is that I probably miss the most about being at the uh, being here at the college in um, the classroom type of setting is that you don't get to do the worship planning stuff nearly as much as you did in the parish, which was all the time. So. Yeah.
0: Um, and so I guess one of the things that stood out to me as someone who came into Lutheranism from outside of it, um, one of the main things that stood out, because to be honest, liturgically, page 15 in the old hymnal was not way different from um, what I was familiar with in a nov- Novus Ordo Mass as a, as a Roman Catholic, which I was before I became Lutheran. Um, there were some differences. The vestments were different, um, but a lot of the stuff was the same. Um, but something that stood out was both the hymns um, and how the congregation related to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I'm not being unfair if I say that um, Roman Catholics do not sing, on average, the same that Lutherans do. Um, there's often, for the music during the Mass, uh, for us, for the divine service, um, less participation from the people uh, in the Roman mass than there would be in um, our Lutheran divine service uh, I did grow up um, singing hymns from the from the Missalette um, some of them are in our our new hymnal I get a bit of a kick out of out of that <laughs> um, but not everybody was singing or not nearly as many people and not singing uh, as robustly um, it wasn't it didn't seem like it was a uh, as big, a, as big of an emphasis for the average person in the pew to be singing. At the same time, we, we had parish musicians, um, very gifted musicians, who would lead singing. Um, we regularly had cantors. I think we have cantors more often now um, in Lutheranism and in our synod, and we're starting to see parish musician becoming a, a more prominent position too, which I think both those developments are good things.
1: I think especially with the the new worship resources that have been coming out um, with the new Christian worship hymnal and the like, I mean, there's been a need for um, cantors to help introduce and lead some of those pieces that aren't as familiar as uh, ones from the previous book, you know.
0: Right. Um,
1: And so I think this is a good thing, but
0: even when when you see this happening, um, where I've seen it happening, something I'm thankful for, This doesn't mean the congregation is being taken out of the um, equation, Um, but the cantor and the parish musician are even more driving congregational singing. They're introducing new music. There's a back and forth um, that takes place. And so for me coming into Lutheranism, the the sheer volume of the singing (laughs) when it was hymn time um, and the multiplicity of voices, some good, yep. some like mine,
1: um, <laughs> was very was very striking. Volume probably as almost like a, a a double double meaning of sorts, right? I mean, volume as in the amount of songs, but and, also yeah, the number and of also people the number of people singing as loudly as they were, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, in that connection, then uh, something else I. I noticed um, was there was less repetition of hymns. Hmm. Um, now, I really appreciate the Roman Catholic parish that I grew up in. Saint Robert Bellarmine was a nice parish. We had good priests, nice parish musician, but we were definitely like a American take on Vatican II felt banner <laughs> parish, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. We weren't doing anything wacky. There was no polka mask, clown mask, <clears throat> stuff like that. But you did have kind of like the repertoire of like the be not afraid, here I am. Let us build the city of God. What is that? Lord of the Dancer. Dance. <laughs> Someone wrote an email up said I got this in their head, so I got to be careful. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> dance, sure. Dance, I... dance, wherever you may be. I am the, I think it's Lord of the Dance. <laughs> Lord of the Dance, said he. Um, St. Francis, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, which um, I really appreciate that prayer. I appreciate a lot of St. Francis's work. Um, but uh, there was definitely less repetition in the Lutheran Church, um, and especially when you got out of ordinary time and into the other seasons of the uh of the church year. Uh I also noticed that in Lutheranism pretty early on, as I got to know people who had been raised in it, there was an emphasis that I had not experienced on memorizing hymns. Um, when yeah. I got to MLC and I was talking to people and, and they would talk about memorizing hymns in, in, in parochial school, and I went to Roman Catholic parochial school and I, I was like, what, you know, we did memorize some stuff, especially prayers. I would say mm-hmm. that's something that the Roman Catholic Church maybe does better than Lutheranism is memorizing um, prayers, prayers, like yeah. good prayers. Um, but uh, but that was different. Um, and I would say in music education, we had a, a very good music teacher, and she took me as far as she could take me. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, not ever going to be the strongest voice. And I remember her just trying to find instruments. The triangle, maracas, we tried it all, right? Um, And that just wasn't going to be my thing. Um, But uh, something that was still lingering, and I think it's still there, and I I think it's even coming back some, was um, the emphasis from early on in Lutheran parochial schools on four-part harmony Mm -hmm. um, or on um, more than singing, what do you call that, just the melody line.
1: Right, right? yeah, the unison melody, yep right yeah and and i uh, think and i think too like kids going through lutheran elementary school never you know you never appreciate the the memory work that came along with hymnology you know and and some and and to be fair hymnology has been kind of an uneven topic um as far as how it was taught and and some kind because you know it was kind of up to the teacher to make it what they wanted um but you know that was not my favorite thing in the world to do as a kid cuz i had to do that going through and every friday we had to we had to recite our hymn to the teacher and you never that was like the worst day of memory work compared to all the other days of the week and one that you never appreciated really at the time but it was only after those hymns had sunk into memory a bit and you've sung them repeatedly in church and then they start coming back to you at times later on i mean they're they're the, the bane for every every Lutheran elementary school student in the in the memorizing of them, and they're just a a treasure for every for every, uh, for every uh, adult that survives the experience to to reap the benefits of it. And I, I think connected to
0: that something I've I've noticed um, I noticed early on was and maybe this was just particularly Pastor Wirtz who brought me into the Lutheran Confession of the Faith. Um, was quoting hymns in sermons.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: um, Whether before or after, but often even during and then unpacking that. um, Or hymn verses, and we see this um, with my kids' high school. Mm -hmm. uh, Hymn verses serving as a theme for the year. um, Not the Bible verses aren't good as well. um, And often the hymn verses are also playing on Bible verses, right? Right, um this this role, and so maybe I'll throw it to you now, Jason. But if you could start, what I'm going to ask of you, um, and I'll—I've heard it said I should dig more into this—that early on Luther's opponents, um, many of the from the Roman Catholic uh, parties, said compared Luther to Arius because supposedly Arius, the um, the great heretic of mm-hmm. of the early church, uh, who is part of the reason we have the. Nicene and Athanasian Creed, as those who were teaching like him. Right. Uh, Luther was compared to Arius because Arius supposedly also wrote hymns that popularized his teachings. And, uh, and so as the Reformation began to take hold, two of the things that were lamented that really allowed it to, made it hard to root it out, was Luther's catechism, um, which was short and sweet and became a layman's Bible, but especially also Luther's hymns which the people, right, took home with them mm-hmm. um, from the divine service. And especially many, as as you didn't have a this proliferation of hymnals being published and in, in the pews like we have, or people that could read them, learning these hymns
1: yeah. by Memorizing heart. Them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that what they were learning wasn't simply mountains and valleys and prairies. And, you know, um, kind of I, I joke sometimes about the Ozzy Osbourne praise hymn of, you know, I, 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 <laughs> and that's not to say that you can't have hymns that have eyes in them. Um, one of my favorite hymns, Lord, you I love with all my heart. Yep. Uh, Paul Gerhardt will have lots of eyes, but how the eye is relating to, to God. Um, but maybe uh, if you want to start, Jason, with that, is, that a, is, you, is there some truth to that comparison between Arius and Luther? Not that they're heretics, but the importance right. of hymns. And then, how does this feed into wh- what the Lutheran Church sees as the the place of, of this music and and this poetry?
1: Yeah, that's uh, I, that's a good good observation. I think good starting point in a lot of ways to to dig into some of this. I think um, the Arians wrote good hymns um, back in the day, and that was that was a problem because people people like to sing. People have always liked to sing. They've always enjoyed music, right? Um, and then when you put some of these teachings to music Um, not only is it a way for them to to memorize because you know you can memorize some of these songs but at the same time it has a way of touching touching on the emotional component of of a person as well right so it's not just the intellect but the emotions as well that are being that are being touched with that Um, and I think uh, yeah Luther Luther was a big proponent of you know, congregational participation with hymnody and the like, and, and he saw hymns as a very important uh, role um, in teaching the faith, I think, to uh, is probably a good way to say that, um, to the the people. Um, and that was really what I think, you know, the goal of the Reformation, I think, in a lot of ways, was to, to teach the truths of the faith to everyone, right, across. And, and, and that, I think, is something that um, you know, from the, the highest to the lowest of, of the rungs of society and everyone in between to have access to these things, to know these things, to be able to to speak on these things. And and Luther, in that way, um, recognized the power of music um, to teach these Christian truths. And, and again, not because he's, he's thinking that, well, I want to imitate a heretic from the early days of Christianity, but... The idea of he loved music himself; that was his favorite subject in school, um, and he knew what a powerful tool music is. And I think you know, you have that famous quote that he says: "You know, next to next to um, the word of God, music is the the greatest gift that God has given to mankind." And when you put um, music with the word, you know that boy, there's nothing uh, nothing like it, right? So, so you have that that, um, those two powerful tools coming together, um, ultimately to serve the cause of the gospel. Uh, and I mean that, what, what you mentioned, there was one of his opponents, and this was either right at the end of his life or shortly after he died. Cause I think it might have been a Jesuit, which would have put him, put it probably shortly after Luther died that said this. Um, but he said, yeah, Luther, um, his, his take on it was that, uh, Luther has condemned more souls, far more souls, with his hymns than he ever did with his preaching. And that, that, so that was the such a powerful tool um, in connecting these truths of the evangelical faith um, with the everyday person um, that they could grasp them, that they could remember them. It gave them, I think, also um, words. Uh, to articulate them um, and you know also um, you know applications of those things that put them near and dear to the heart So yeah I think the, there's definitely um, truth to that fact that hymns played a huge role uh, in the early days of the Reformation and the popularizing of, of Luther's teaching and, and driving it home Um and uh there there've been some debate about you know well was that really the case is that just you know later lutherans you know propaganda because they really like singing and are proud of their <laughs> proud of their hymns and their musicians and the like but uh um that was uh, there is a um, interesting test case that uh, ri- that had written a book about um Christopher Boyd Brown oh yeah that uh, about the people in um, Joachim's Tal uh, that were able to, you know their, their Lutheranism survived decades of counter-reformation influence, in large part because of the music the music program in the community school, the Lutheran school, um, and the fact that grandmas and moms were teaching their Children and grandchildren, lar- in large part, using hymns and the catechism. I think as well that they point to, but uh, but that it, how how important that was um, in that particular instance. Say that that really isn't an exaggeration to say that man these hymns have played a huge role early on in the Reformation. But I think you know that's also uh, early on in Reformation history in the Lutheran Church. But I mean I think. There's a lot that could be said too that you know, not just in the early days, but how they continue to play uh, an important role for people um, in so many different areas of life, you know, still to this day.
0: And so maybe if we we build in a, we build on that. So Luther's hymns they play an important role. They definitely help to preserve the the faith. Uh, sometimes Luther gets accused of having used bar tunes which so far as I understand was not true. He's not, <laughs> he's not taking pub songs. Yep. But he definitely did draw upon music with which there would have been familiarity. And maybe as hard as it is for some people to believe today if they think sometimes certain hymns are hard to sing, hymns that would have been singable for his time. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, people actually were expected to pick up on these and, and sing them. And maybe even sometimes the need for practice was a blessing right. because uh, it helped um, drive these hymns home and make them make them memorable. Uh, the Lutheran Church uh, will take a different approach than the ref- many of the Reformed churches will so far as instrumentation, just as uh, um, art uh, will flourish with Lucas Cronish and, and, and others. Um, Lutheran churches will still be adorned with art, stained glass, paintings, statues, stuff like that. So also with music, right, Lutheranism will produce a Bach. Now, I think sometimes we can get this false impression that like, oh, yeah, like every church had its little Bach. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, definitely a church in Leipzig or in a major city is going to have more resources. But when it was possible, there would often be accompaniment maybe by very primitive organs. Um, Matthias Flatsius, who I study, complains about the groaning of organ. So it <laughs> must have been using uh, at least somewhat fair amount if he yeah. uh, complains about it. Uh, Roman Catholicism also will, will build on this and they'll have a Mozart. Right? Mm. who's no Bach, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: but he's pretty good. His Requiem Mass is,
1: yeah.
0: is, is good music.
1: Yeah, although music is in a different place by the time Mozart gets on the scene too, than what it was when Bach was there, you know so it, yeah. so you have some of those developments going on, but spurred on in many ways by the um, the encouragements of the theological developments of the Reformation, right? Yeah.
0: and and so here's what I want to kind of get to with that, and you're getting at that. Bach famously has the Bach Bible is well known, right? This copy of the Luther Bible. That he has all marked up. I think Concordia St. Louis has a copy of it or mm. something big that was found and donated to them. Uh, he definitely well, box music we could say is performative, right? There's mm-hmm. highly trained people doing um, very impressive things that um, that perhaps is most appreciated and performed today by non-Christians even, right? Oh um, yeah, right. Yeah, home. but um. For Bach himself, he sees this very much tied to his confession of the faith, to Luther's theology, to the means of grace, uh, to the gospel. I mean, it's it's impossible, I think, to listen to Bach's um, passions, mm-hmm. right? And uh, if you know what's going on and you recognize some of the melodies, uh, Bach is preaching. Oh, yeah. Right? He's very much in in those, at least. Yep. Um, not every church then is going to have the the same instrumentation capabilities. Uh, But and this may be partly opinion, and then you can ground in other stuff too. What, in your opinion, Jason, if we're going to talk about a hymn and maybe even a good hymn, and we're going to talk about the music side, um, what makes for a good melody or good accompaniment Mm -hmm. for a hymn in your view? Is that a fair question you get what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, Not I, that we can speak in yeah. universals. Yep, right, and I mean it, this ties in a little bit, I think, to the um, aesthetics discussion that that we had, um, where we got a chance to talk about, you know, some different things, and that I think there is some objectivity that you can point to um, in some of these areas. I think, you know, um, and and maybe uh, music is a little bit harder perhaps to say this is you know really this this one clearly is better than that one just because there's you know so many um currents to draw from and and all these different things that can be used profitably but i think you know when you're talking about a good hymn i think lutherans would say well we need to start with the text right That you have a text that is saying something worthwhile, and then I think that you also have not just a a solid text, but also one that is artfully crafted. Right? That there that there's some some uh, that that the poetry of that of the the verse of the hymn rises a little bit beyond what others do right um and the and i think that you know that we could point to um you know several examples i think of of that um i think uh Nicola, philip nikolai's hymns you know the um wake awake for night is flying and um uh, how lovely shines the morning star i think you have uh you know rich meaning to the to the to the text of the hymn e- you know each of the stanzas there's you know a lot packed in there as far as theological content and yet the the poetry really is artful and i would say you know we're, we we experience it in translation and, and the the english translators i think have done a pretty good job you know with those hymns but in some ways the the german is even richer um, uh, that if you're able to access that um, and see some of the multitude of meanings that are taking place there, um, it's really kind of um, interesting, interesting to consider. Um, and then so, so you have the text on the one side, and there are plenty, but but there are plenty of incredibly solid texts that have good poetry to them but are maybe not considered a great hymn Mm -hmm. um and i think that's where you know on the other hand you need uh, a melody that i think first of all is accessible right that that people can can get it not that it has to be like easy right that that everybody immediately can catch on to this and within 30 seconds is able to you know um reproduce the tune right back to you because I think you go back to again the hymns from Nikolai, they're not necessarily easy melodies, but they're accessible, right?
0: And they're very worthwhile once you get them down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's payoff to it. Yes. And I think there's there and part of that I think is because that those melodies fit the text. That those melodies serve to um they well that they fit and serve the text and its message and i think that is the other component that it's not necessarily the music the the artfulness of the music although i think that there is a place for that but sometimes it's just you know um artfulness for artfulness sake, and, and maybe the, the music is too artful, uh, and it, you know, almost overpowers the, the simplicity of the text, right? I think the, the Lord's prayer that, you know, you hear sung all the time, the, the Malat version that, you know, that, that may be one of those examples where you have the simple, you know, Jesus, simply teaching his disciples to pray and this incredible musical composition that, you know, um, is beautiful music, but almost overpowers the message of the prayer, the, the, the text of the prayer. Um, and I think when you have a solid melody, um, with that fits and supports the text that it goes with the message, the message of that text. I think that now you're verging into areas where it's like, this is a th- this hymn is verging on greatness. And again, different. There there have been thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of of hymns that have been written probably throughout the history of Christianity, and many of them and, I'm and sure have been one lost. Perhaps one of the most
0: impressive things about Christianity, yeah, is I mean, compared many religions have many different sorts of impressive music. I mean, um, I'm not advocating, for instance, for the, the call to prayer. Oh, but, right, yeah. But it's impressive to listen to it. Um, but the sheer amount of hymnody um, and beautiful hymnody that have been produced by different um, corners of the church, by different um, communities with different emphases mm-hmm. in Christian theology is quite impressive that you can get um, – I'm not going to say it's the deepest language, but it's a powerful hymn, "Amazing Grace," right? Yep. In the American set, or is that English?
1: I think English, but I mean, it's really, it's like the American hymn in the yeah. English
0: language tradition. let's Yeah. Say, yep. um, that you can get from from German, from Italian, um, all these European languages, but then also um, from Africa, from Asia. I mean, India. These these rich. Traditions that, that all of them bring uh, to the table Eastern Orthodoxy, mm-hmm. which is a very different type of music often, but um, very striking. Christianity, I mean, if you were to get rid of believing Christians today, that music would still survive because people who don't believe would still appreciate it if that right. makes
1: sense yeah yeah exactly and i mean and some of those songs you know have transcended christianity and and have become ingrained in culture right, right? and um, i don't mean
0: they'd be remembered or appreciate either just because of the melody right? right but even if people i remember once i had something that i think it was my farewell to my congregation um, that i had served for 10 years um and i put a lot of thought into it and it was very Difficult for me, but it was also very heartfelt, and I thought it was very biblical. You know, I'm talking about the call, and um, mm-hmm. you know that that the that I leave, but Christ doesn't, and you know all this stuff. And I had a friend who's an avowed atheist, um, and a Marxist, boo. <laughs> uh, uh, and he he wrote to me, and he he said, you know, I'm not a Christian, but that that really resonated. And I'm yeah. not saying that to toot my own horn, but to say there are things, the same as when you or I read something that's that's beautiful from Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism, even while we might say, I don't believe that, you can go, there's beauty to yeah. that. And and so um, I just want to make clear, I'm not saying just that people appreciate the melody. Like Amazing Grace, I'll just use because it's probably the preeminent hymn in the American setting today. Mm-hmm. You can see people in tears who are not Christians, right? Um, and it's not just the melody, although the melody does carry the text, in my view, um, with that hymn.
1: I, I think, I think you're. I would, I would, I would agree with you on that. I think that uh, um, that there, there's not a lot of explicit theology in the text, you know, which is, but but it's there and And there's uh, a time and a place and there's time and a place for it. And I think, again, the melody, I think the melody is the strength there that, um, and, and probably the vagueness of the text allows a lot of people to connect with it in their own way.
0: And I, and I think that's um, something that I used to encourage my people because as a pastor, hymns come up a lot because you're never going to make everyone happy with what you're picking. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was good that people would come to me sometimes because I would pick often just what I think is the best text. And as someone who doesn't read music, sometimes it was divorced from that. Um, and, and then there were just some hymns that I'm not a fan of. Um, people can like this hymn, so don't take it personally. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. But I just, How Great Thou Art is not my hymn. <laughs> right? It's just, yeah. and yet... For almost every funeral I did, people that was, picked that hymn. And I didn't sit up there going, oh, man, what kind of Christian were they? And, in fact, that hymn is sometimes one of the harder hymns for me to sing now today. because Precisely because it's connected yeah. to people for whom it was dear, yep. um, who I watched fall asleep in the Lord. And so um, it was good when sometimes someone would come and say, we haven't sung How Great Thou Art in a While. Um, I would put like a Just As I Am in there. uh, (coughs) um, Beautiful Savior, Um, some of those, because those hymns are also on to something about what it is to be a human being and to be Mm -hmm. a Christian, but there's a balance. And then there are hymns that just go completely too far one way or another. Yep. There are some hymns that are great catechetically, but they're, they're just too heady for the worship service. Yeah. Um, while there's others that are, are simply too emotive and um, vague, ambiguous, I would say for the worship service as well to be one of the four or five things you sing yep. um, to adorn the, the preaching and the celebration of the supper that day. So I would ask people, I would say, you can request whatever hymn you want, and I'll give it a solid listening. But I just ask that as we think about hymns, if only the melody comes to mind, but you can't recall any of the words, <laughs> right. ask yourself if that hymn is is doing its full job. And that doesn't mean it's a bad hymn. Maybe you just need to focus more <clears throat> on the words. Um, but this is different than going to the club, mm-hmm. where sometimes you don't even notice the words because it's just a catchy beat. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes, right, In the older I get, the more I do this, I'll hear music, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is kind of catchy, but then you listen to the words, and you're like, dear Lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is – you did yeah. not expect those words right. with that. Yep. Um, and especially in a world that loves to um, degrade the beautiful –
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we're
0: seeing even more of that, of just terrible yeah. words with what are not in and of themselves bad melodies. Yeah. But if we continue with this, what I'd like to, to throw to you, um, Jason, is if then one of the primary roles of the hymn um, in the divine service, the Sunday service, is to adorn, to augment, to supplement, to serve, and... Um, the preaching of the gospel and the celebration of the supper, um, to fit with the 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 proper[s], the prayer of the day, um, the prefaces, stuff like that. Um, what also does that say about what makes for a good hymn? And by good hymn, meaning again, it, mm-hmm. using it on a Sunday. Um, and uh, in my opinion, that also leads to a place for like a varia- for an amazing grace and a. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, pick a super catechetical Luther hymn.
1: Soul. Well, this isn't Luther, but how about the soul adorn thyself with gladness yeah. for, for communion. Where right? both
0: can can fit, and you don't want to be too hard on one or the other because the church year itself is not too heavy on just one or the other, um, but how the hymns connect to the other stuff um, and to what extent that makes them good for that. There could be a hymn that's very good, um that's sung once a year. Yeah. Or yeah. or it's sung in midweek Lenten or it's um a choir number. Yeah. But it's still a good hymn and you should pray it. Um so when I'm saying good here, what I mean is it it is a solid go to for the divine service on certain Sundays in the church year.
1: Yeah, I think so this kind of gets you know, a little bit to, you know, a, number one, again, you only have four or five, maybe six opportunities depending on you know what your congregational practice is you know to to choose a hymn for that place right um and while hymns i like you know may have a place um they really the the hymns i like need to take a back seat to um or I should say, if the only, if the only criteria is I want to sing this because I like it, or we should sing it this Sunday because I like it, um, well, you know, the, sur- uh, this may be a shock, this may be a surprise, but.
0: And, and I think I know what you're about to say. And I, I will say, Jason, I'm 18 years in the ministry and yes. I still fall into this thinking. Well, oh, okay, yeah. So go
1: ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's. This no one is immune from this, but the service is not about you, you know. And and I think pastors need to remember that, you know. Um, everyone in the and the longer the... I'm out, I'm out yeah. of the
0: parish, yep. the more tempted I am to fall into kind of this consumerist yes attitude of. Well, did I like the hymns? Did I like?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, but I think that's, but that's an important thing to keep in mind that, um, and, and I think, you know, everybody needs to keep that in mind that I'm coming here, you know, for, to, to join in worship with the rest of the congregation, um, and receive those blessings from God, um, you know, not to just, um, serve my preferences. Right. And, I think that's something that we need to remember going in. And I think when it comes to worship planning, you know, hopefully, you know, there's careful thought going into that too, saying, um, what what do we, you know, what what is going to be uh, a hymn that, you know, emphasizes the, theme of the day or you know a particular point of teaching or or application that you know is being focused on throughout that service and um that there's you know hymns are not just chosen because well that's an easy one to sing so-and-so likes that one well we haven't sung this for almost a year i probably should pick it again um what you name the reason right but that saying that you know these are all hopefully being built together to serve the overall theme of the service um, and that there's a reason for picking that and and you know i'll I'll be honest too. there's somewhere I say, you know what, I really this is an important one to get in here that we're gonna you know, and but I know this is gonna be a challenge for people because it's not easy to sing or maybe it's a little bit headier. but I think it's really important to have this one hymn sung in this service. So you know, as a worship planner, then I would say, you know, I maybe need to give one or two others that their people are really going to like and that are easy to sing, that they'll be willing to, you know, and maybe, I, and maybe I even give a line or two of introduction to say, I know this one might be a challenge, but the message, which is this, is so worthwhile. Please do your best, you know, to and, and stick with it um, because I think it'll be worthwhile. And, um, you know, and then I think if people can kind of see some of that thought process too, it helps, um, them say, okay, I understand. I understand why. Um, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to give you give you a little bit of leeway on this one. And, oh, I got to sing one of my favorites early, you know, earlier, um, ones that everybody likes, but I think that's something too, that, you know, when you're talking about, why why what what's a good hymn here there may be multiple reasons but hopefully there are some there's some thought and careful planning going in to, to say there's a reason that this particular hymn um was a, a good fit on this particular day in this particular place uh, and so you know i i would say there are multiple reasons for that but you know hopefully there's that, that's where good worship planning helps to serve the overall, you know, and, and maybe balance out some of those challenges.
0: And um, maybe I think there's two things I think I'd like to hit on before we wrap up. One will be worship planning in general, um, but two will be hymns or the hymnal maybe in the home. In personal devotional life or a family's devotional life
1: can i can i add one you can, you one really thing know. that I, that i think we should maybe touch because you mentioned kind of in passing and i think the whole idea of like the first person pronouns versus third person sure. pronouns i think it might be worth touching on just a little bit though sure. is it you know is it you know him and us or him and that you know them and you know the, he the, and me the, or, he or he i and,
0: and i and him yeah. yeah
1: you know so so those type of things who's the subject who's the object um, I think that may be worth a minute or two just sure, to, yep, to talk ahead. about that. You want to do that now, or
0: yeah? And I will say this is: I used to be hard and fast, like any eyes in him. That's just not a place for it. And um, I think that's when I was young and dumb. And most of us go through these phases where we absoluti- absolutize things. Yep. Um, I think as I grew deeper in my appreciation for the devotional. Heritage of the church, both Lutheran, right? That a, a Johann Gerhardt not only writes these systematics, which are good, but <laughs> really boring. Yeah, um, yeah. But he writes these great devotional books. Um, that uh, a Paul Gerhardt, who takes a bold, makes a bold confession for the faith, for orthodoxy, yeah. <coughs> can also write some very beautiful hymns that are. Heavy on eye, as is, as as Johann Gerhard in his mm-hmm. devotions. Um, some of the medieval hymns that have survived and passed down to us, the best of them, they can have eyes, and yet um, are very rooted in, you know, the eye being focused on Christ. Um, so I've grown in this, um, but I still think there is some reason to think about it in a in an America that is saturated with a lot of American evangelical hymnody mm-hmm. which is sometimes heavy on the eye and the eye isn't always necessarily condic, uh, connected to something substantive right Um, and maybe sounds more like the the Pharisees prayer in the yep. um, in the uh, in the temple um, which is obviously something we it's what is the I doing right that we want Mm -hmm. to avoid so go ahead and jump on that yeah
1: I think too that what is the what is the direction of action you know I mean is the when when you're seeing first (laughs) first person I and and especially individual but I mean you could say we you know I mean I think that's the other thing too is sometimes the the individual versus the collective right you know is another part of that um but you know is the focus on my doing and or my response to God or is it on my receiving from God? And I think um, that's where you see uh, Gerhardt was, I think, again, the, the best example of that where where he takes, you know, these collective truths that are, you know, objectively true, um, you know, for everyone that, but now to say, you you put that and say, this is not just us. It's not just we that are gathered here but this is for me mm-hmm. you know this is i i i get to um appropriate this truth you know um i get to receive this blessing from god um i get to uh, and, and and not to say that there isn't room for a response either but the response is focused on the works of god right that that you know, so I think those are certain things. And I'm going to go so far, I'm going to even go so far as to say that, you know, there's maybe even room on occasion for hills and valleys and mm-hmm. and things like that. Not just to say, oh, you know, let's all think happy thoughts and maybe it, you know, um, twists our emotions into a happy frame. But, you know, I, I'll say one of my favorite Gerhardt hymns is um, Now Rest Beneath night Shadow, which is the... The evening hymn and you know Lord Jesus since you love me you'll spread your wings above me um, uh, and shield me from alarm right the that that hymn but you know the opening stanza to he talks a lot about you know the creation mm-hmm. you know and the um, even you know the the English I think is now rest beneath night shadow the woodland field and meadow right you know talking about all these different things across creation, now at night, it's time to settle down and mm-hmm. stop and go. And, Which the and, Psalms do as well, right? Yeah, and they're. I mean,
0: and that's part of what yep. hit me upside the head when I was getting a little too steadfast in this is, uh, yeah, that's just not how the Old, Old Testament hymnal operates. Yeah, right. The and declare the glory of God.
1: Yep, and and yet I think just the idea of well, I'm just walking around marveling at the creation that. That's a, that's a little bit of a different focus than what Gerhardt's trying to do in that hymn. So so yeah, so the, the, those are just a couple of things that I wanted to maybe touch yeah. on to say that... You know what I think? Uh, let me read real quick. I sure, go ahead.
0: We'll give you an impression of eyes. So this is one of my favorite Gerhardt hymns. And you can listen for the eyes, but see what they're connected to. Mm-hmm. Hopefully MPH doesn't like give us a copyright violation here. Ah, uh, If God himself before me, I may a host defy. For when I pray before me, my foes confounded fly. If Christ, my head and master, befriend me from above... What for what disaster can drive me from his love? This I believe, yea, rather, of this I make make my boast, that God is my dear Father, the friend who loves me most, and that whatever betide me, my Savior is at hand, through stormy seas to guide me and bring me safe to land. I build on this foundation that Jesus and his blood alone are my salvation, my true eternal good. Without him all that pleases is valueless on earth. The gifts I have from Jesus alone have priceless worth. He canceled my offenses, delivered me from death. He is the Lord who cleanses my soul from sin through faith. In him I can be cheerful, courageous on my way. In him I am not fearful of God's great judgment. day. if we skip to seven, the best verse. Mm-hmm. My heart for joy is springing and can no more be sad. If you know when he writes this in his life, it's just striking. My heart for joy is springing and can no more be sad. My soul is filled with singing, sees only sunshine glad. The sun that cheers my spirit is Jesus Christ, my King. The heaven I shall inherit makes me rejoice and sing. And that's a hymn, eight nineteen, in the New Christian Worship Hymnal for the Wisconsin, is the blue one? <clears throat> but a lot of eyes and my's. But I don't think anybody could have, uh, um, accuse Gerhard of basically self-aggrandization um, in the hymn. There.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, and I, I still think that uh, I. That, that that is one of the that you know Gerhardt he always writes these that are you know significantly um longer than yeah uh, you know
0: almost every Gerhardt hymnal every Gerhardt hymn and an English hymnal has a lot more verses oh yeah German yep exactly sometimes really good ones but you can't fit them all
1: in right I was gonna see if I could find the the fuller version because I, I would try to um I would try to, um, recite it, but I don't want to butcher it. Um, let me see if I can just find it real quick. And if I had, if it was in, if I had a Lutheran hymnal, it would be there. Um, and, uh, this is the one I think that really gets me from if God himself before me. And I think these, these are, I think maybe two of the. The best theology of the cross type of, of hymn stanzas um, that, uh, I've, that, I, that I've come across. And, and I think they're just masterful. So this is, I think this is a 15 stanza hymn. And I want to say these are 11 and 12 of If God Himself Before Me. It says, Who clings with resolution to him whom Satan hates must look for persecution for him the burden weights of mockery, shame, and losses. Heaped on his blameless head, a thousand plagues and crosses will be his daily bread. From me this is not hidden, yet I am not afraid. I leave my cares as bidden to whom my vows were paid. Though life and limit cost me and everything I own, unshaken shall I trust thee and cleave to thee alone, which I think is one of those where you know, you just think, man, that you know for the, for the christian to say this you know i it, it's going to suck sometimes Stink. Um, stink sorry jason sorry it's going to stink sometimes life is going to stink now right now we have
0: to put another one of these things timestamps up here yeah
1: oh man Yeah. that i get myself in trouble most of those are are mine
0: right <laughs> you're truly a part of the podcast now right Perry. oh oh good
1: so sometimes it's going to stink sometimes it's going to stink. uh and sometimes that's you know directly because of um you know, Satan is trying to do you in. And yet, you know, God says that's probably, you know, you should expect that. And I'm okay with that. I know that. And um, I'm still going to cling to God and his promise because that's going to see me through. And yeah, so I think that's where you get some of those hymns too. And and not to say that you pick that hymn, you got to sing all 15 stanzas. But those are two stanzas that I really wish were... Well, in and, the pew. Yeah, and again, in many ways, but...
0: a, a Gerhardt hymn is like a good love song. Oh, yeah. Like if you have a, a song that really resonates with you and your significant other, if you have a significant other, odds are some are just, okay, we were doing this when we did that. Like we went on this trip and this song kept playing on the radio. But the ones that really click are a good melody, right? But at the same time, there's something in the text that caught you at whatever point in life you guys were together. And that's the, I would say that's the skill of a, a Gerhardt hymn. A, um, was it Johan Kruseger? Kruger. 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 Kruger, that, who um, is often putting melodies uh, to these for Gerhardt. Um, but his poetry is kind of for the ear, mm-hmm. as it is. And it's actually good in German, because oh, everything yeah. rhymes with blue in German, so he can just, <laughs> he can keep going with stuff. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, so that's, that's
1: kind of like that uh, when we took that that our Germany trip back what long time almost ago. fifteen years ago and the Nickelback rock star song was on every time the radio yeah. came on yeah yeah that is that what makes you
0: go uh, back to that trip I, every time
1: I hear that I think of that yes yeah yeah so I'm glad that we we had yeah. that right moment so though.
0: yeah um Jason quick quickly I don't want to go too long. Um, so worship planning was something I also enjoyed and tried to put a lot of work into, but I'll be honest, I was much better at the liturgical side mm. um, and the textual side, um, and sometimes with the hymnody, uh, and part of that was I, I had very gifted organists, right, so um, uh, there was times where I would just default, like, hey, you know, um, gifted and theologically astute organists.
1: Um, Which what a blessing to have yeah, people like that. Yeah. Not
0: everybody has that. Nope. Um, but there were times where I was staying a week ahead on stuff because I also knew they're gonna be able to play whatever. Yep. Whatever I throw at them. Anything you found extremely helpful as someone who enjoyed that, um, and it was part of your specific task as mm-hmm. an associate pastor, um, that you would suggest as people. I mean, um, is it kind of start with the hymn of the the day and then move off to whatever else or anything briefly that comes to mind? Yeah, I think
1: hymn of the day is a is a very important um tool in that regard, and you know well, they were
0: that's called the chief hymn as well. Like, chief uh, maybe hymn outside our circles. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Or I think cairn leader was you know another like like was a German term. I think was. Um, for that, so, so yeah, you had these hymns early on that were associated with particular Sundays and occasions in the church year, um, and that would and and you know to me there's, um, you know if on the first Sunday of Lent or first Sunday in Lent I should say, um, a mighty fortress you should be singing that hymn because mm. that's the that's the hymn that goes with Which, that day
0: in the red hymnal. No. 200 or
1: 201 i my personal preference would be 201 which that's i think, what i was or, or i should say 200 oh, but was it was usually but yeah. it was usually that was the day that i would pick 201 200 you know, is that, harder to sing yeah but I, it's
0: the more authentic right i
1: think so yeah the the that syncopated rhythm yeah. or whatever is
0: i think 201 has a little pep to it
1: yeah and, and that's that i think i want to say and i don't know if bach uh, but I think Bach popularized that one because okay. that's the version that he used when he did his chorales. Well, then
0: I'm in good company. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, there. So yeah, so you just have some like that where it's like this. This one belongs on this Sunday, you know. And um, and if you don't sing "Wake Awake," you know, um, when you have the uh, wise and foolish virgins, you know, as the gospel, it's like. It, you know, there are just some of these that tie so well with the text and with a particular occasion. Um, you know, that's where you start. But then, you know, you kind of say, well, what is the what is the theme that the gospel that the gospel um, drives it, right? Um, and then you kind of say, well, what does that theme seem to be? And and then say, okay, well, how do these other ones? Serve to support that, and maybe you know, if I knew that I was going to be, I'm, I'm for sure going to be preaching on this. I'm going to preach on the epistle for the day, or I'm going to preach on you know the psalm for the day, or what one of the other lessons. Then maybe I would pick, you know, if there was another one that seemed to really fit that text, I, I'd maybe you know include that as part of the plan, you know, especially after the sermon, you know, as one of the hymns after the sermon, um, so that people. After hearing the message, would then you know have that kind of underscored in the hymn and stuff. So, um, and and I think that there's some things where you know there's something to be said for, you know, having a, you know, maybe the opening hymn be a little bit one of the a little bit more familiar, you know, so that, you know, you don't throw them a clunker right off the bat and be like, oh, this. And if there's one that's got a little bit of pep,
0: yep. like the most pep, yep, I always like that as the intro because yep. You're kind of, and I mean, just with the, what did I just do that I sound different now? Do I sound different than you? Oh,
1: no, not really. I think you're okay.
0: Maybe it's just my ear popping. Uh, You know, partly uh, I'm a fan of just having regular processions, you know, having that as a regular part of of what you do. Um, But that being said, that's like 99th on my concern of things that could be done. But I especially like a hymn that, like, um, you know, fed into that yep. um, as, uh, you know, here we're getting started. Like, here's God's people, and you know, something they can rise for the final verse of. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I think too, like, if I knew that we were gonna have a procession that day, it's like, okay, you need a a stately type of hymn. You need you need a hymn that that will match the the occasion for that. Yep. Yeah. Um.
0: Last question. <clears throat> And we'll wrap it up, and this can maybe be a full episode at some point. Because I think we should have one just on why every Christian should have a hymnal. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but just briefly, hymn-specific, not hymnal-specific. Um, hymns in one's devotional life or home. You got any thoughts, tips for people?
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing that we tried to do um, relatively early on with our daughter was to um kind of have a, a as part of bible story and prayer at bedtime to have to start building in a little bit of repertoire of of those hymns um you know the familiar ones some that are maybe a little bit easier but you know some that are maybe a little bit you know I, I, we did lord jesus who does love me oh spread your wings above me even though that one is a little more challenging to sing or You know, some of those, it doesn't just have to be Jesus loves me, which is nothing wrong with Jesus loves me. Well, and I just, to go
0: again to which I don't know how I feel about it. In the new hymnal, they went back to the. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know why. They didn't do that with everything, I don't think. But. Right. um, But our class hymn, and I referenced it earlier. Yeah. But one of my favorite hymns is not an easy hymn to sing, but it's another one. Oh, yeah. um, That's so wonderful. Prayer in a devotional setting with family, like you're saying, is a um lord you i love or lord thee i love with all my heart
1: yeah and you know that's a that's a right and i think too to to maybe be familiar with some of those to to use as prayers you know and maybe have that my heart and print your image yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah, exactly and and um i think too that you know there's some some of that too to um to pay attention you know devotionally pay attention you know, especially on some of those, you know, significant change, of, you know, uh, I maybe say significant festivals or maybe at the change of seasons in the church and, you know, different things, like what, what hymns always seem to match up, what hymns always seem to fall there and um, to tune into that a little bit. And maybe if you're, if you're, if your congregation gives you a little bit of a, a look ahead to next week in the, in the, current week's bulletin or something you know, say, Hey, we're, I know we're gonna, we, I know this hymn is coming up in the next service. Maybe let's incorporate that as a, mm-hmm. as a, uh, part of our devotional life, prayer life or whatever this week. Um, so that that's fresh in my mind. And, and I've thought through some of these things, um, when it comes up again in the service that following week, you know, so, so yeah, there, there are lots of ways to do that. Um, I think, um, to not be afraid. The other thing I think too is, you know, um, people are always looking for devotion books and things like that. You know, don't be afraid to take um, your hymnal uh, off the shelf or whatever, and just say, you know, I'm going to read, I, I'm going to do a stretch of devotions, just reading from this section of the hymnal, and maybe that's maybe that's an easy thing to and do. And that's like
0: an Advent Lent time. Yeah, I was going
1: to say during the, Easter. the the seasons of the church year that are more, or the the festival seasons, I should say, of the church year that are a little more thematic, like that. Yeah. Spent, you know, just say, I'm going to work through Lenten hymns. Or, or you or, get a day
0: like St. Michael's and All Angels. Yep, yep. Which you wish was more than one day because it's surprisingly just oh, yeah. got. There's a soul, a there's a radio. lot there. Yeah. The Ascension. Um, yep. You know stuff like that that comes up these festival days. Um, it's, that yeah. that gives you plenty to pray. Oh that yeah. Morning or night, or divide yep. it up.
1: Yep, and and even you know whether it's use it as prayer or even just to read through and yep. ponder the thoughts yep. that are that that the hymn is saying. You know, and what what that's asking you to think about. Um, yeah, that that I think um, there's been there's one. Um, there's a, a, a practice for a while um, the German preachers would do song sermons where they were there there's a book of they're mm. called lead pragan um, which um, I've looked at a little bit and I've wanted to I've looked at only online and I would honestly love to get a hard copy of, of one because I think that would be really fascinating to work through some of those syriacus bangenberg was uh one hmm. guy that did i think he even he's got like two volumes of that which hmm. that would be i think really a fun project to That'd to poke around in doctoral there and, work pro- yeah um, yeah that would be a neat neat thing topic at some, for someone yeah at some point yeah if we know so, anybody
0: who's going to be doing doctoral, work. yeah
1: if anybody right so yeah there there are some neat things um out there that you can do and um you know to not be afraid to ask um you know your pastors or Lutheran elementary school teachers or or friends just say hey you know do you got any ways to incorporate hymns um because yeah there there are a lot of good ideas out there um it's just finding them and seeing what's gonna what's gonna work for you with that
0: yeah um well we've gone uh, we've gone a bit long Jason I'm gonna ask you to to rate something okay real quick this is uh these are my funeral hymns so oh. I have a file. All right. Should I die on my computer? It's called my funeral. Mm-hmm. So, um, you should go into my computer if I die and delete everything <laughs> except,
1: except this. Except my funeral.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh it changes sometimes. Oh yeah. I got a mix of hymns. Yep. Um, so uh and you'll be part of this funeral. You have a role in here, but that changes sometimes too, so I'm not gonna tell you which
1: one. Okay, all right, yep.
0: Do you wanna know what the Most prominent role is who?
1: The most prominent the for preaching. Mm. I is I think that's Michael. That's Michael. Yeah, maybe he'll be pleased with me then. Yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) maybe
0: he'll love me. Um, I have Christ be my leader, which is maybe an interesting choice. But that uh, we used to sing that at peace all the time, and I think a pastor versed, and that was a hymn that. just, I always found myself singing after.
1: Melody is Celtic in origin, too. The, so, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Um, Abide with Me. Love that one. If God Himself be for me. Good. Jerusalem the Golden.
1: Which melody are you going to do old for? old school. The old school. Okay. So, you mean the, the, um. Not the one that sounds like a Lord of the Rings movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, what we sang for almost every funeral I did at Christ—that we How did great half the in the beginning and half at the end for procession recession, um, for all the saints.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that all right? I think you'll be I, happy I, with yep. the hymnody. I think you got some good and ones here. And I might here.
0: switch some up still. We'll see. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll find like a one of the three thousand Getty hymns in the yeah. new hymnal that I'll. You know which one I really
1: like that I that I think I, I haven't I haven't codified mine but i think the one that i've really come to appreciate just as a hymn in general and i think would be a really neat funeral hymn also um the god's own child i gladly say it the erdman erdman neumeister yep which um yeah i think that is some good baptismal truth there and uh it's kind of thumbing your nose at sin satan and death so
0: i'm trying to oh no i'm not gonna find it um I wish you could search Just for like a word Mm. Rather than the title But there's one in here Sometimes um, At Pilgrim we do a Hymn sing for certain spots And you do two verses of You'll do three three hymns Two verses of each (coughs) Um, And I always think it would be funny to Suggest this one But now I'm not My Oh my wife and family says not to use this one, but um, – and this is actually – I'm happy that this – I'm not even going to say it. It's going to offend someone.
1: Yeah? You think so?
0: I'm censoring myself. I'll tell you after. Okay. Um. All right. With that, Jason, Um. rather than Let the Bird Fly, which I can say otherwise, do you have a hymn verse you would like to, to close us with? I will let you pick. Um. Is there anything that comes to mind
1: Yeah I think um,
0: You can feel free to flip through I can talk while you want to But otherwise we'll do well, I'll just say let the bird fly
1: Let me get, Give me just a Just a moment And I'll have to admit I'm not as You know Being out of the parish Not had to work with Right No that's Yeah the, Well I
0: look at the index Although the you Christian do have worship. The old hymnal I do
1: Yep So Maybe I should just do that Because that one I know quite well Yeah
0: I don't think Anybody's going to blame you No Alright Because that's That's what I know well too that's a beat up red hymnal you have there
1: too. Yeah, it is, yep. Yeah. This is one of those that went from the transition from our uh, hymnals in the chapel here and they said, you know, anyone who needs one, I was like, I need one need one for my office because so you
0: picked like one of the most busted up ones I did, yeah. It was
1: it's it's clearly been well loved, well used. So Alright, I mentioned this hymn a couple of times.
0: Okay, so this is the Red Hymnal Christian Worship. The Red number? Hymnal,
1: yep. The and is one like I said, near and dear to me, um, and uh, the and many others. I think then now, "Rest Beneath night Shadow" is one of my one of my favorites uh, uh, as far as the Gerhardt one Gearhart um, hymns go. But uh, you can't really go wrong with Gerhardt. So
0: all right, I will let you. Uh, I will let you close us out.
1: All right, this is the stanza three from 587 in the Red Hymnal. I'd have to check um, the new blue Christian worship, but here we go. Lord Jesus, since you love me, oh, spread your wings above me and shield me from alarm. Though Satan would assail me, your mercy will not fail me. I rest in your protecting arm.
0: sun goes down, get my party and I begin to cry, I don't care what the people are thinking, I'm not drunk, I'm just a drinker, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, one more round won't get me down.